What's up, guys? This is Shelby, and welcome to Not Your Regular Coach Podcast. Hello, welcome. Okay, so today I have an actually amazing guest, Tatum Henteman, who is a past client and actually recovered. So we have that going for us. <laughs> um, let me just, I, instead of giving the whole spiel, Tatum, I'll let you introduce yourself. Okay. So hi, I'm Tatum. I'm 19. Like Shelby said, I'm her past client. I currently a student at UT Austin. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of the gist. Of yeah. Me. It's kind of hard to introduce yourself. Like, what does that <laughs> even mean but anyways so i'll I'll give you a little a little prompt so (laughs) obviously tatum was a client so she has recovered from an eating disorder uh can you give me kind of a little background about like where all of it started for you and like how old you were and what was going on yeah yeah so my eating disorder kind of started like i would say freshman year of high school i had just quit gymnastics i was like 15 and just a lot of like anxiety. I went to an all girls school, um, <laughs> also didn't help. I think I just had like, honestly, a lot of like time on my hands and, you know, having a very like anxious personality in general, I don't think that was helpful for me. <laughs> and so yeah. like kind of just turned to food and, you know, restrictive eating disorder and exercise and all of that to kind of like fill a void almost. This was what freshman year of high school? Yeah. Yeah. Previously to freshman year of high school, you were pretty competitive in gymnastics, right? Yeah. I was like level eight ish, nine ish uh, in gymnastics, which is, you know, kind of up there. So yeah, I, I did that pretty much like my entire life ever since I was like two So that's like kind of all I knew. And then, yeah, I quit that like the end of eighth grade. Wait, wait, what made you quit that? Why did you quit? Yeah. So it was kind of honestly just like my, my friend was quitting. I, (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to try something new at school too. I kind of didn't get like the normal childhood in a way because I was so busy with that. I mean, I was doing gymnastics like 20 plus hours a week, like all throughout middle school, elementary school too. So pretty much my whole life, like I had just been doing that. So I just wanted more of like a normal childhood, wanted to do like school sports and spend time with friends, which I didn't really have time to do. So that was kind of the hopes and that, you know, didn't really go well, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, so that was well. yeah. <laughs> okay. So the, would you say that with gymnastics where you, did you have like the tendencies to be like a perfectionist or I don't want to say over the top, but you know what I mean? Like really <laughs> hardcore into it or no? In, for gymnastics or like just in general? gymnastics uh yeah I mean I definitely like you know wanted to be the best I could I always did well in like competitions and stuff I won a few like state and regional championships so yeah <laughs> I guess okay okay well so I'm just wondering because you know how sometimes it can like other things can kind of take on the similarity of the eating disorder so oh, yeah yeah Okay. So you quit gymnastics. I'm setting up the scene. Now we're in ninth grade. We're at an all girl school. It's this prestigious school in Los Angeles. And you're like, Hmm. And so this was pre COVID, right? Like this all started pre COVID. It was pre COVID. And I guess I can give a little bit more context too, in that, you know, being at a very competitive, like all girl school in Los Angeles, um, a lot of these girls would talk about like food and like weight stuff. Um, so that's kind of like, also, you know, wasn't the most helpful for me. (laughs) 
and doing gymnastics my entire life I had a fairly like you know I, I ate a lot because I, I did gymnastics like a lot and so I think people like also tended to comment on that and I think that also like bothered me so yeah oh actually I actually didn't know that yeah <laughs> Fun interesting fact. okay okay they would say stuff at school yeah I mean not necessarily about me most of the time I think they maybe commented like once or twice like oh you eat a lot and I was like huh, that's nice um <laughs> but they definitely talked about food and weight and I mean another girl in like that friend group also had an eating disorder and went to treatment like the same time that I did so Oh, okay. <laughs> so so what were the, the like, what were the first behaviors that kind of came like creeping in? Cause you know, it doesn't go from like zero to a hundred. It kind of right. was like, oh, now I'm going to be healthy. Now I'm going to do this. So like, where, how did it start? Right. I mean, for me, like I, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of it, I mean, there was definitely like body image aspects to it, but a lot of it was also like just anxiety. So, I mean, a good portion of my eating disorder stemmed from like watching others around me do certain like health focused, like rigid, um, food behaviors. And then also I had like a really deep fear of cancer. So I was really paranoid that like everything would just make me die basically. And that's kind of like where it started. And then, yeah, like overexercise definitely like crept in pretty early on because I was so used to like four hour practices and that was just like the norm for me. And so I was like, Oh, like I, I shouldn't know what like a healthy, like normal, you know, teenage, exercise, I guess, regimen. Got it. Okay. So you're like exercising like a champ and then <laughs> eating less and less. And you're like, this is the cure to cancer. <laughs> no, I know. I, I, I get that. Like when you hear all this stuff of like antioxidants and blah, 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 blah. Like I was convinced in my eating disorder that I was Mrs. Health. And like, it's so interesting because I was like actually like dying. Um, no, yeah. I mean, and the thing is like, I think I realized once it started getting to like, you know, Because again, it it wasn't like intentional, obviously, at first, like it was like, I was just eating, you know, fruits and vegetables, because I was like, Oh, my God, I'm such a queen and the health champ. And but I remember like telling my dad, like, I think there's something wrong. I was like, I I remember going on a walk with him one night and being like, um, so so this doesn't feel right. Um, (laughs) but you know, yeah, he didn't really know what to say. So he was I mean, he didn't know what was wrong either. But and he was obviously like, you know, you, you have to eat more than that. But I also don't think he realized that it was like an issue because, you know, it was just not a thing. Okay. So, th- so that's the next, this is the next era. You went to every <laughs> treatment center in America, basically. <laughs> so how did we get to the point of like, wh- where's the first place you went? Avalon? Yeah. Avalon Hills, Utah. <laughs> how did we get to the point where it was like, okay, Tatum, now nah, like you're going. Yeah. So I remember eventually i mean you know with a restrictive eating disorder sometimes there's physical changes and so yeah. my parents kind of caught on at that point and were like um so we're gonna take you to the doctor and i was like okay um went to the doctor she was like um so you might have this thing called like an eating disorder <laughs> i was like oh nice not 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 actually like that but um um, so I started seeing a therapist and she was kind of like, you know, we're going to try to work through this. Um, you're going to stay at your school. And I was like, oh joy, I really don't want to do that. Cause I really wanted to move schools at that point. And I was like, that's going to cure me. Like just running away from my problems. Yeah. So, <laughs> which isn't the answer either, but I mean, I don't know. 
So I ended up saying at that all girls school was like, you know, nothing's changing. So nothing's going to change. Um, and at that point, I think I just kind of went down like a depressive, anxious spiral and then, uh, you know, wasn't really working. My mom at that point was trying, it was sort of like a FBT hybrid type thing. Um, my mom was kind of trying to, you know, feed me <laughs> and it wasn't going swimmingly. So <laughs> eventually, you know, my weight wasn't progressing. Thriving. Yeah. yeah. She basically was like, now you're going and there's no turning back. And I was like, right. oh, no. and then had a meltdown, but ended up <laughs> going and yeah. So here's like the most, this is something I really want to know from your perspective is, so obviously you went to Avalon, things probably got better. You came home and obviously things didn't stay because <laughs> you kept kind of cycling in and out of places. So yeah. I want to know from your perspective, because I know we've had conversations about this before, like obviously nobody just goes to treatment their first time. Well, I mean, that's not true. Some people do, but for a lot of people, it's not like you just go and you come home and you're like 100% cured. So right. what is it that you think about coming? Like, what is it about leaving coming home? That is so for you, at least that was so uh, it made you prone to like, I guess relapsing is, I, I don't know if that's the word, but you know what I mean? Right. I mean, I think I know, I know I've mentioned this like 500 times already, but um, um, since anxiety was like a huge trigger for my eating disorder, I think I came back in like June, July. So I was doing okay at first because it was the summer and, you know, there wasn't those triggers. Like school was a huge trigger for me. Um, I don't know why. It just like really stressed me out and I had very perfectionistic tendencies in that area. So I think- OCD. <laughs> I think coming back home in the middle of summer, like I was actually, I was doing well. And I, I think um, my parents have mentioned this too, that, you know, they were like maybe under the impression that after Avalon, I would have been okay. And I thought so too. Like I was fully convinced. I was like, yes, got this. Um, but then I think when the school year started up again, I was like, oh yeah. So like, this was kind of where it started. And like, this is horrible. <laughs> and this makes me really anxious. And so I think after school started back up pretty soon after that, I, I kind of crashed a little bit and was like, I can't do this. Like, this is too overwhelming for me. I need my coping mechanisms because I didn't at that point have great coping mechanisms. <laughs> so this is also interesting. Was it more about body image for you and like the weight gain and and dealing with that? Or was it more about like, oh my God, I'm so anxious and I can't deal with all of this going on in my head. So I need to focus on food. Yeah. Honestly, like the latter, I think. I mean, there was obviously like body image aspects, but they were a lot more minuscule than like, I think a lot of people that I've met. I think often, you know, body image isn't the only reason for an eating disorder, obviously, but I think a lot of people that is more prominent. And for me, it was a lot more about like, anxiety and just like dealing with life like that was way too overwhelming for me for some reason and so I just turned to I need to like focus on right eating less and <laughs> doing all of this stuff to kind of cope with it yeah so it is interesting because of the body image piece and like it seems like for a lot of people that that's the whole thing but it doesn't necessarily always mean that um yeah so was there an element to you feeling more safe or like less anxious at treatment oh yeah I think because I like I said before 
in gymnastics, I was so busy and I should probably like go back a little bit too and just say when I was in middle school, like my entire childhood, when I say like that was my life, like that's was my life. Like I literally went to school. Well, I woke up in the morning, you know, often did homework, like in the car on the way to school, finished school, went straight to gymnastics, had practice for four hours, got home at like 9 p.m., ate dinner, did some homework and went to bed. Like that was like my routine every single day. So like when I say I didn't have free time, I didn't have free time. So like I just think when I quit gymnastics, I was like, oh, if I'm not being productive in these hours, it was almost like I felt like I was a failure or like I wasn't doing my like trying my hardest. So I always felt like immense guilt for that for some reason. And so I would always fill that with like studying for tests and doing homework that like didn't need to be done just because I was like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I didn't know what to do. And that's why I think that exercise and food element like came in too, is because I had just so much time on my hands and just didn't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's like a whole nother episode about how <laughs> treatment can be this sort of like safe place. And yeah, oh man, it's like because it was so like structured too. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. So especially, I mean, a lot of people with eating disorders, at least from what I have seen and including myself, need structure. Like if yeah. even still to this day, if I have so today's Sunday, and if I'm like chilling and doing nothing on a Sunday, mm -hmm. I'm like, <laughs> like yeah. I, I have had to really work on that. Um, so yeah, the structure, it's like meal, snack, meal, snack, meal, snack group, right. you know, it's like, so you're always doing something, but you're always doing something. And then also with like the school part, I was forced to only do it for a certain amount of time. And like, they made sure, you know, I couldn't do school really in my downtime. Like it was like, I had groups, I had meals, I had other things like I just couldn't work on school except for like maybe two hours a day. And, you know, when I was not in treatment, I had six hours of downtime that I wasn't in school or like longer. And so not having groups scheduled or like meals scheduled, I would just be like, oh, I guess I need to study because I have a test in like three weeks. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's something that's that feels productive to me. <laughs> spend like all my time like staring at a page and you know I don't yeah. think anyone's super stoked at that so yeah it's hard so okay <laughs> let's head over to the future now so okay. I met you in 2020 so T this is a fun fact Tatum was my first I moved to Los Angeles in 2020 during the pandemic Tatum was my second in-person teenage client that I had ever had because before that everything was online so I was like Hmm. Like I also was learning because <laughs> I just got there and her mom was like, okay, here's dinner. And we'd be eating like, God knows what you remember. You were obsessed with the grilled cheese, like, but it was like fake grilled cheese. Like, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> we would like eat that. I just remember that yeah. all the time. And I was like, oh God. And it was like, honestly disgusting, but I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I didn't really like, know. I was just like, oh, this is how it is. Like I was kind of figuring it out as you were figuring it out. But how did that even happen? Like, did, was your mom just Googling like help? <laughs> um, honestly, I don't know. She's part of like certain like groups, not like group groups, but I don't know. They're like some online group. And I think she was probably like asking like, oh, does anyone know what I'm supposed to do with my, my child that like isn't thriving? <laughs> and, uh, I think 
you know, then I found the other coach that then referred me to you. Oh, yeah. Okay. How she found like, yeah, I don't know exactly how she found. I mean, she was ahead of the game. Like 2020, it it wasn't really known. It wasn't really well known yet because I had only gotten certified in 2018 and I was in the first group. So, yeah. So, all right. So I come strolling in. I want to know from your perspective and I want you to be honest because I just, if I put myself in the place of how old were you? 16. Yeah. I think I was 16. If I put myself in the place of a 16 year old and my parents tell me that this girl is coming over to eat with me, like. I think I would have run away. So like, what did you think? Oh my God. Well, I, it wasn't, it, okay. I will say like, once I actually knew what it was, like you and the other one had come over a few times and I kind of like got the gist of it. It wasn't that bad, but I remember when my mom first told me like, oh my God, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, well, cause she made it sound like you were going to like live with us. So I oh, well, that's a thing. I think that was the <laughs> oh, original. Is. I think that was the original plan. Yeah. So I thought that was gonna happen, and I was honestly mortified um, about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It was just like, cause you know, I mean, at that point, I was sixteen. I was what a sophomore in high school. Like, if you were t- told that you were gonna have like a full time babysitter, basically, to like make sure you were eating food, like, no, <laughs> like literally not. So yeah. So that wasn't like the most exciting thought <laughs> that my mom had ever come up with, but it was it wasn't that bad when once I actually like got to know you and you know found out you were a normal person and like <laughs> I don't know about normal, but <laughs> yeah, no, okay. So then, so now, shameless plug, like you don't have to go down the whole thing, but just in general, I'm not even talking about like day one grilled cheese, but just in general, like what was coaching? Like, do you think it was helpful? Do you think, I mean, I I think, I hope you think it was helpful, but like, (laughs) what was your experience? Just like a quick little, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I, I really liked it because I think it's a lot different from like therapy in that you can do more exposure type things with us, which is really important, you know, and it might not sound the most exciting to someone who's like in the depths of it, but it is, it's really, because you, you don't just have to like watch me eat food. Like, you know, once you get to a certain point, you can start like doing real people things (laughs) with us. Like you can, you helped me get back into like movement in a healthy way. You helped me like, I don't know. Helped you with your biology homework. (laughs) Helped me with my biology homework. You were my (laughs) full-time tutor. (laughs) yeah it's just kind of like okay in my perspective from being on the other side it's like the connection I think the hardest thing with coaching and especially with teenagers is establishing the connection because like I said if it were me and my parents said that I think I would be so nervous and like anxious and caught off guard that it would take I imagine it would take time to be like oh this person actually isn't like trying to kill me you know and so (laughs) I think it's like oh, you recovered. So that's interesting. And then just kind of like asking questions and all the things, but yeah, I mean, you were part of the, the OGs like for sure. So I'm glad, glad you (laughs) stuck around. (laughs) But yeah, no, I think it's definitely important because in therapy, you kind of just like talk about your problems, but you can help with integrating real life back into things <laughs> yeah which is why I like it so much more than therapy because yeah, yeah I mean I, like the rules that come with therapy I don't I don't know if I can handle that 
<laughs> right, um, right. But anyways, okay. So when did you start to be like, okay, I'm I'm actually over this and I need to do something about it? Uh, if I'm being honest, <laughs> it took a while. God, like yesterday. <laughs> no, no, not yesterday. Um, <laughs> it definitely took a while though. Um, but I would say, you know, my last facility, you know, it was kind of, as you mentioned, like going in and out of systems for a while. And so at a certain point it was like, Tatum, you really can't keep doing this because A, your insurance won't cover it. B, like places start like not to take you back. So my my parents were like, we're going to like send you off to some random ward for like the rest of your life, basically. Or Yeah, because they, well, they were just like, we don't know what to do anymore. Right, right. And I think that was obviously I wish it didn't get to that point, but like that was definitely like a wake up call for me because I was like, I can't just keep cycling through systems because, you know, my parents won't allow that. And, you know, the idea, I, I think I was honestly just like faced with this turning point of like, either you recover or you're going to live the rest of your life in an eating disorder. And I think somehow in the back of my head, like I had always envisioned myself recovering, you know, eventually <laughs> I was kind of delaying that as long as possible, but like, I never envisioned myself with being like an 85 year old with still my eating disorder. Like I was always like, Oh, I'll get over it eventually. So I think I was just kind of saying eventually, eventually, eventually until it was like, okay, it's literally now or never. And so <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was like really stressful for me at first, obviously, because I was like, Oh, like this is actually I have to do something about it or, you know, they're going to do something about it. And that's kind of when I started like really trying. I was also, I'm not going to name names, but like I was also at a facility that. It's not a facility anymore. It's not a, it's got shut down. Let's just Um, say that. (laughs) Yeah, it got shut down. But so the clients kind of, you know, you had to do it for yourself in a way because they weren't going to baby you and weren't going to like, you know, hand recovery to you. And so I think being in that environment, while it's not ideal, it somehow worked for me. Um, The clients there were obviously very supportive of one another because we were the only support we really had. And I'm not not saying I had an amazing therapist there. Like, don't get me wrong. Like this, some of the staff there were really good. Um, And that was also very helpful. I think my therapist was amazing, but you know, it just wasn't, babied and like handed to you like some other facilities were yeah which is interesting because i think you're so used to that at treatment like everybody's like yeah you have to do this you have to do like you already know the whole thing and then when someone's just like "Mm, all right well good luck you're like uh what like what's happening (laughs) um so then my question is when you come home i know for myself when i was like okay i really gotta do something it's not like i just went from super sick to like chomping on pizzas and laying around like so what did you how did you what did you do to like start like what kind of things did you first start to change um I think from my perspective it was actually following your meal plan without being forced yeah I think that was definitely helpful like in treatment um at that facility because it was like you know again it wasn't really forced upon me like to follow my meal plan I kind of like had I wouldn't say like an option. I mean, it was still treatment, but it just like they didn't they weren't as rigid about it. So, you know, following my meal plan without feeling like 
there was a threat that like if I didn't follow it, something would happen, which a lot of other places have sort of like looming. Yeah, which is also becomes like a game. Right, right. So, I mean, that was like how I first started was just, yeah, like, I guess, following my meal plan. And then I think I also came back in the summer. I was still doing uh, online school at community college. Yeah, at that point. And so I think there was also, you know, I started talking about like college. And I think that was also something that was exciting for me, like the idea of and something that I wanted to like work toward. So I, I guess I just started getting having like goals, like real goals and started slowly like being able to see what like a recovered life could look like. I was starting to get more privileges back. Like you could drink um, coffee again. (laughs) I could drink coffee again. And I think slowly like seeing (laughs) these things come back into my life that really did bring me happiness and joy. I started, you know, wanting to continue to follow my meal plan and continuing to see these privileges come back to me and gain my independence back (laughs) at age like what? 17 17 18 yeah yeah okay I yeah and I mean like just for reference I think a lot of people are like oh well you just decide to get better and then you just get better but it's not like that takes time because I remember yeah we would still be doing fear foods and stuff and it you know it was still like eh, a little bit of that but you were very much I think the main thing was focused on life and like instead of that so but I also know that previously to this epiphany you had been really scared and there was like this impending doom about the future and life and it was like uh I don't know what that's like I don't know what to do so right I mean how did that you just started to be like okay well I'm gonna try it yeah I guess you know life really scared me for like a long time in the sense that I just didn't know what would happen I don't know I I guess just like over time, like seeing friends and just starting to like do things. And I I guess I should also say like, you know, I found hobbies that were really that I became passionate about. And that was really helpful. Like I wanted to, you know, keep doing it for that. I think boxing was helpful. So like, yeah, I was gonna say that was yeah, I mean, and that's the thing too, like, I don't want it to seem like (laughs) you just started that off the bat. But once you are in like a healthy, um, physical state, and also we're consistent with eating, um, I went to your first boxing class with you. And I think that was helpful Mm -hmm. for you too to build community. And also to realize like what normal exercises. (laughs) I mean, that's what I had to do. I had to take classes for exercise when I finally could. Because if I didn't, like the thought of walking into a gym right now and just being on my own still is like PTSD. Like I'm like, oh yeah. no, like it just, oh. So I had to kind of do that. And I think that was helpful to build community. And then over time, it just gets a little bit easier. And then you went to school. Yeah. Yeah. I think boxing definitely was very helpful for me. I, because it was still during the pandemic, all of my classes were still online. Eventually, they I got to do them on like Zoom, and even that was better. Like I made friends that way because you know during the pandemic, I think it was a hard time for everyone, especially for someone who not to say not to like you know say that anyone else's was not as difficult, but you know it was very hard for me because I had no one to be around. Like I was just like isolated a lot, mm-hmm. and so I think 
starting boxing and starting classes on Zoom. Like I got to at least be around people, even if it was just on camera or for like an hour a day. And I think that was very helpful because I am a very social person. So I think that was really helpful for me as well. Yeah. And then just like being on, I mean, starting an ac- a university uh, in person in Austin, that's kind of like really being thrown into living <laughs> life on your own. And you did. I mean, you you did it. And I think over time, it actually got better. I think you started to like yeah. it a little bit more and meet more people. Um, but yeah, it's scary. Like that's scary to just jump into. But I mean- I'm like super proud of you because I've said this a million times and this is so mean, but it's fine. I've told her this 3000 <laughs> times Tatum. I have, I was like, I don't think she's ever going to get better. And that sounds really mean. And I don't mean that in the way of like, I was giving up on you at all. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I never was. I think there was a part of me that I, I believe everybody can get better genuinely, but yeah, man, you, sh- you were tough. Mm. Like you were, <laughs> you were tough. And <laughs> And I think there was like some other things in there, like coexisting things mm-hmm. that were going on and it just was hard. But like, I mean, I think it's a testament to how strong you are because at the end of the day, I really feel like you kind of did it on your own. Yes, you went to treatment, but I, I don't really think that's what did it for you. Yeah. So my last question is, what's like some advice for people? Because I know, and I know this is a really hard question, but I know that there's people that are listening that are like... I want to get better, but I don't know what to do, or I'm really scared, or like I don't want to let go of my eating disorder. Do you have anything that you could say that might be helpful? Yeah. I'm going to say, okay, just before I say it, I acknowledge that, like, I don't even know if I would have listened to this when I was in the thick of it, but it is true that, like, you know, <laughs> at least this is what helped me, I think, if I had heard this. Um, you know, I I knew what an eating disorder was like. I knew what living in an eating disorder was like. It's basically you have no freedom. You're living your life in treatment, you know, surrounded by people and staff members and other clients and whatnot. So, you know, like, you know, I think that was very straightforward for me. It was easy. And, you know, the fact that I knew it, but I didn't really know what a recovered life looked like until I actually tried. And, you know, I I could have gone back and said, you know, in argument, if from my eating disorders perspective, I could have been like, oh, well, you know, I was recovered for like a millisecond in between there. (laughs) But like, you know, it's different because I think once I was able to start doing things that like actually made me happy and that actually brought me joy and like that actually gave me independence, I think it started becoming more and more worth it. So I would just say, you know what it's like to live in an eating disorder, but you don't necessarily know what it's like to live fully recovered because Mm -hmm. even before your eating disorder, there were likely other issues (laughs) that, you know, caused or led to your eating disorder. So you weren't living at your prime either way, even if you weren't in an eating disorder. So like, I would just say start, you know, you can always go back. And obviously that's not the goal, but (laughs) you can. I mean, you can always go back to your eating disorder. So you might as well try it. You know how to live in an eating disorder. You've been doing it for however long, like, you know how to get there, I guess, um, and what it's like. But yeah, I think 
it sounds so simple and everyone's like, oh my God, I've heard this 30,000 times, but there's right, really right. no other, there's really no other answer. Like, yeah, I, I just don't know what else to say. You know, like <laughs> it's, it's, I know, like I've heard that so many times when I was in treatment or like in the depths of my eating disorder and I heard it and didn't believe it and was like, oh, you're literally just saying that because you have to say that or whatever. But if I'm like being honest, like that's what I would say too. So <laughs> I think too, a real big thing, and this is why I like coaching is to take Mm -hmm. a lot of emphasis off of like, yes, obviously there might be body changes. There might be things going on physically. If you can, and this is the hardest thing ever kind of be like, okay, I'm still going to try and I'm going to do things. Like I remember saying, I have no idea who I am outside of this. I was like, you know, I said, I genuinely like, don't know. Mm-hmm. What do I like? I, I had no sense of self at all. Right, right. So I started doing things like, I think for me, like actually listening to podcasts was helpful and then yeah. doing other things. Um, I don't know, writing or like I had a fake blog. Actually, I hope that blog is not online <laughs> anymore. Um, and doing things like that and then being like, okay, I'm going to take an acting class. That was huge for me because I got back into something that, you know, I, I never necessarily was doing it all the time, but it was something that I had been interested in in the past. And yeah, you know, it wasn't like I just jumped up and was like, I'm going to be a recovery coach and I'm going to act and I'm going to do this. No, I was like, I literally don't know what I'm doing, but like I can sign up for this acting class and it's little Mm -hmm. things like that. And it builds off of that for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, Tady Pop, (laughs) (laughs) thank you. We have recorded this episode 700 times since probably (laughs) since February. Yeah, sounds right. But we've got it <laughs> together now because finally <laughs> we figured it out. And summer. yeah, and we're also starting our own. We're going to start our own podcast too that is just um, called The Untamed Brain. So be on the lookout. That will be more of not so much just about eating disorders, but just about like what the fuck is happening in our brain and why do we <laughs> think this and like what is going on and just kind of life stuff too. So thank you, Tady Pop, for being here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I'm sure um, I will link, if you don't mind, Tatum, I'll link your contact information, not your oh, yeah, like phone number, but your uh, Instagram and stuff in the show yeah, notes so that yeah. people can, if they have any questions, they can reach out to you. Absolutely. <gasps> okay. Thank you for being oh, my, my first guestie. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.